2: You're listening to The Pet Buzz, the ultimate in pet talk radio. We welcome our listeners who tune in each week from around the world. This week on the show, Dr. Fleck and I are talking about summer travel with your pooch. Puppy ball ruffery. Dan Shackner is joining us to talk about a very special trip that he took to deliver a Sato, a Puerto Rican street dog, to a new family in Massachusetts. All that and more in segment floor, including some ideas and money-saving tips for you to plan the best vacation ever with your dog. In
3: segment three, we are focusing on man versus nature. This is the struggle of a man's challenge of living in the country with bears, deers, frogs, skunks, and more. Oh, my. We brought in experts to help him out with those problems. In the celebrity news portion of the show, the focus is on the new pets of some of our favorite celebrities. And in Flex Facts... I am going to interview Miss Fido Manners about client etiquette at the veterinary office.
2: Now we're going to kick off the show with an interesting question. Should we really treat our dogs like human or family members? When we hear it on TV or radio or see it in print, this concept, we chuckle at the fact that dogs have personal stylists and social media accounts and even have funerals. Well, here's the sidebar. Don't laugh, but... I even worked as a canine stylist on a photo shoot in New York when I lived in New York. Well, moreover, our dogs are eating vegan, paleo, and keto. We're also syncing them in our lives with smart collars, smart beds, smart feeding bowls, all with the new remote control of life, uh, the smartphone. We seek out holistic and more natural treatments like acupuncture, water therapy, and CBD tinctures, biscuits, and salves for their aches, pains, and ailments. Many are seeking to have fewer children, preferring pets. And in San Francisco and Seattle, there are now more dogs than children. So talking about this subject matter, the idea of treating dogs like humans or family members is our next guest, Dr. Jessica Pierce, an American bioethicist, philosopher and writer. So I asked her to join us after reading her Your Dog is Not a For a Human opinion piece written for the Houston Chronicle on June 25th. Just so you know, I'll be posting this piece on our social media channels so that you can peruse it too. Well, good morning, Dr. Pierce, and welcome to the Pet Buzz. Good morning. Nice to be here. Well, you know, my first question is
4: really simple. What is a bioethicist? It's not so simple necessarily. Most bioethicists are working in um, the context of medical ethics, so human healthcare at the intersection of biology and moral philosophy. I am a little bit different in that I work a lot on human-animal relationships and animal ethics.
2: So, Dr. Jessica, why do you think we've domesticated dogs to such a profound degree that they're no longer dogs but quasi-humans?
4: It isn't such a human-directed and human-controlled process as many people believe. I'd say dogs are not quasi-humans. They're dogs. The problem is a lot of people have started to think about them as quasi-humans. And the good thing about personalizing dogs is that it emphasizes how much moral value they have. The bad thing is it makes us forget that they are actually dogs and not people so how does the humanization of dogs
2: or anthropomorphizing misrepresent the evolution of the dog human relationship and our ethical responsibilities toward our companion dogs
4: i mean i think what happens is people in thinking that dogs are quasi humans or free little people they don't always pay attention to who dogs are as dogs and what dogs might need as dogs you know for example one of the key differences between humans is and dogs is that humans experience the world mainly through their visual sense, whereas dogs experience the world through their noses, through their olfactory system. And if we ignore that basic fact about dogs, we may not be giving them enough sensory stimulation
2: Let me remind you all that we're talking with bioethicist and author Dr. Jessica Pierce about treating dogs like humans. So although dogs have gained in areas of care and feeding, basically means they don't have to scavenge for food, they don't have to really kind of take care of themselves, they have shelter. What sacrifices in other realms are being made for their easy life? I mean, other than sensory activity?
4: Yeah, I think there is this idea that our dogs have it super easy because all they have to do is sit around and take naps and wait for somebody to-, <laughs> to deliver their dinner in a bowl. The flip side of that is that they are, in many cases, bored. They're frustrated because they don't have any meaningful work to do. And they're lacking in what As an ethicist, I would use the language of agency. It might be a little too philosophical for some people, but that animals need to have control over their environment. They need to make choices. And just like us, they need to have meaningful work to do.
2: One of the most interesting things I see is when people take a dog training class and they see you know, what a great Dane and, and that a poodle can do some of the same exercises, it blows their mind. So it just goes to show you the athleticism of dogs and how on a day-to-day basis, they're really not being able to show you what they can do. But let me go yeah. on with the next question. Okay. okay. So you know, in your article, you talked about like this collective of thought. So in terms of humans developing a, a thought collective about pets or a common philosophy about how we treat our dogs. So w- what's so wrong with, you know, having a dog walk nicely on a leash or wearing a coat in bad weather or breaking up a dog fight at the park or even discourage butt sniffing?
4: Well, so let me take uh, really quickly, um, I'll take each of those in turn. I don't think there's anything wrong with a dog walking nicely on a leash. They, every dog, should know how to walk nicely on a leash because it's one of the skills that helps them be successful in human environments however off leash time or some time where a dog gets to just choose their own pace their own agenda their own speed is really good for dogs so if if you can manage it it's a great thing to do wearing a coat in bad weather you know if you have a dog with short hair by all means a coat in bad weather is a great idea. Wearing a, a tutu, um, just or having pink fingernails or purple um <laughs> dyed fur, to me that's a different matter. That's that's more about the owner um right. wanting to make a statement. So it needs to be about the dog. Okay. And that's owner. fair.
2: And that's fair. So I, I get yeah. you. But no, I understand what you mean. Like, you know, I always think, you know, obviously dogs are gonna fight because that's in turn. They do that. Some dogs, not all dogs, like each other. And then, of course, you know, is butt sniffing really bad? We well, we might find it unpleasant, but it really lets the dog kind of, you know, it's kind of meeting. it's like a meet and greet for dogs,
4: right? exactly. And if you understand that the the glands under the anus for a dog, they have a lot of really important information. It's like reading Facebook or something. Right? For they have, they have stuff others. to they have stuff to say. <laughs> They have stuff to say and learn about each other. And, you know, it, even if we're uncomfortable with it, you know, we don't have to sniff each other's butts. But, right. but for dogs, it's perfectly normal. It's not rude. It's culturally appropriate. Not all dogs like their, do- their butts to be sniffed by other dogs. And, you know, sure. that's their choice. But we should let them choose.
2: Well, I, I think that was really interesting. Uh, you know, in your article that you wrote, you talked about choices. And I think that kind of goes along with your philosophy of, you know, how humans can be more fluent in quote unquote dog
4: and allowing yes. their animals to be a dog. You know, we have to, of course, use <laughs> have some boundaries and use some good sense about what we let them do and don't let them do so it's a a lot like parenting but I think the I guess if you were going to try to sum up my philosophy in one word it would be sort of free-range dog parenting
2: well great this was really a thought-provoking interview glad that I was able to reach you on such short notice so thank you so much for joining us today are you going to come back hopefully you will when your new book drops because you have what do you have four books I have 10 books. You have 10 books. Oh, you got to come back. We like people with lots of books. They have lots to say. So 10 books. You're going to come back? Absolutely. Okay, great. That was American bioethicist, philosopher, and writer, Dr. Jessica Pierce. To learn more about her and her writings, visit jessicapierce.net. And once again, I'm going to remind you guys, I am going to post that article on our social media channels so you can see it. I want you to read it, and I want to know what you think and post it on the Pet Buzz social media channels. Stay tuned and we'll be right back.
0: Does your pet have dry, flaky, and itchy skin? Do you find yourself visiting the veterinarian repeatedly because Fido or Fluffy has skin allergies or ear infections? I love animals and want my pets to be healthy. So I asked our vet who recommended EpiPet Ear Cleaner. It's super simple, and it even smells good. Every week I use it on both my dog and my cat to gently remove wax and debris. (laughs) I even told my friend Aiden to try EpiPet on his dog Sophie, who always had red ears. But not anymore. Now we both have happy and healthy pets. Thanks, EpiPet. Developed by a veterinarian. EpiPet is a revolutionary, high-performance skin and ear care product line made with the finest natural ingredients. EpiPet, for you and your pet, means better pet health. For more information, visit epi-pet.com.
2: Trendologist Charlotte Reed and research shows walking at least a half an hour every day can reduce a person's risk for heart disease and other serious illnesses. So regular walking is a great way to live a long and happy life. For most dogs, an hour of physical activity each day is necessary and will help them lead healthier lives free of disease. Walking a dog does not only have a physical benefit, there are plenty of psychological benefits for both the dog and the owner. There are so many smells, sights, and sounds in the outdoors that a dog is mentally stimulated every time he or she walks out the front door. Taking a dog on a walk will also help to solidify the strong bond between you and your animal. Give your dog some positive attention. By doing what he or she loves. Take your dog out for a neighborhood walk today. Thank you for joining us on the Pet Buzz this morning. This show is hosted by the Dynamic Pet Duo. I'm petrondologist Charlotte Reed. And I'm
3: veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck.
2: We're going to start out this segment with some celebrity pet news. (music) Guess which celebrities got new pets? Any ideas? Former member of the Hills, Lauren Conrad, adopted a new lab. Mix puppy from Wags and Walks Rescue in L.A., and Reese Witherspoon, Forever Elle Woods from Legally Blonde, as well as producer and actress in Big Little Lies, got a new English bulldog puppy named Lou. It's got the most beautiful blue eyes. But really, the celebrity I'm going to give five stars to is Real Housewives of New York City, Tinsley Mortimer, because she expanded her family by saving two puppies from the Yulin Dog Meat Festival. Well, according to Us Weekly, she saved her pooches right off the truck that was on its way to the Slaughterhouse supplying food for the festival. I'm sure the pooches now named Strawberry and Shortcake will be making an appearance in the United States soon enough. Tinsley has partnered with the organization No Dog Left Behind to put a stop to the festival that normally takes place during the summer solstice. This year it was Friday, June 21st to June 30th in Yulin, China, so it literally just ended within the last week. And during this time, hundreds of pet dogs are stolen and others are killed and used as meat for traditional canine meat-based dishes. Mortimer is asking her fans and followers to donate to No Dogs Left Behind. Check it out on the website, NoDogsLeftBehind.com. And now
3: it's time for my favorite, Flex Facts. Huh, I wonder why it's named <laughs> after you.
5: Welcome to Just the Facts. Just the Facts. Fact or
3: fiction. Just the Facts, ma'am. You want answers. I want the truth. It's going to take long. You got the time. Well, we're going to do something different today. I'm going to interview Miss Fido Manners, the author of The Complete Book of Dog Etiquette, about veterinary office etiquette. Well, hello, Miss Fido.
2: Hello. Thank you so much for having me.
3: Well, thanks for joining us today. I have a few questions that you can answer in the manner that you should.
2: Oh, that mannerly way. Okay.
3: Okay, that mannerly way. Yes, please do that. Okay. So, Miss Fido Manners, who cleans up if a pet owner's pooch has an accident in the common areas of the
2: veterinary clinic? Well, you know, one of the things I would suggested in my book, The Miss Fido Manner's Complete Book of Etiquette, and I do have a chapter devoted to veterinary offices. Yes. Okay, so what I would suggest to the pet owner is that they do their best to clean up the pee or the poop that's in the vet room. Now, a lot of times the staff will tell you, oh, don't bother, because they're going to go back and make sure they clean it up properly with disinfectants and a mop. So offer to clean it up. Go ahead and clean it up as much as you can. Ask for the garbage can, but really the staff is going to put the finishing touches and make sure that whole area is disinfected.
3: Especially for the odor.
2: Especially for the odor. That's a good point because pet poop can be really stinky. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then as far as the exam room Yeah, what about the exam room? What did they do in my exam room? Honestly, let the vet tech clean it up because realistically, by you getting involved, it'll take longer unless the doctor is moving back and forth to exam rooms. Let the tech clean it up so it can be as clean as possible. Just go say you're sorry. That's always important that your poop, that your dog pooped in the exam room. He could have pooped for being nervous. I mean, most vet owners know that they really should get their pet to eliminate, to urinate and defecate before they go into the veterinary office.
3: Okay, let's move on. Okay. One thing that is upsetting to my staff members is pushy pet-owning clients, and I'm sure that's in every veterinary office. So, how do you recommend staff deal with the client that is claiming about her appointment being too late?
2: You know, that's a great question because everyone is so busy these days. Everyone wants their appointment to run on time, but unfortunately... A vet's office is really like a medical office. Sometimes you might have a dog that might have an emergency, so your appointment might be late. So it's always a good idea for staff members to say, you know, just so you know, we've got you scheduled at your appropriate time. Let's say your appointment's at 11 o'clock. But recognize emergencies could happen, and that veterinarian, your veterinarian, is paying or giving as much attention to the person before you, and is going to do the same thing for you. So please be patient, and please be kind to the staff members.
3: Thank you, Ms. Fido. You're welcome. Okay, so this one's really going to be interesting to me. Should pet owners be speaking on their phones, their mobile phones in the waiting room, or in the exam room?
2: Absolutely not, especially when you're in a veterinary office exam room. It's a very small room, and there are a lot of people in there, and there are a lot of dogs. So really leave your cell phone use to before you go into the clinic, or if you have to make a phone call, maybe you have a child who's gonna you're gonna be picking up your child late from school because you're at the vet. Go outside, excuse yourself, remind the staff member at the desk, the receptionist that you know your appointments when, so you don't miss your appointment, and then you're gonna be right outside the door. So that's always very key. And there are times when you might um, seek a course of treatment that you might need to consult with your husband or your spouse about cost or you know, maybe a previous doctor or even a breeder. So I would really talk to the doctor. If you have to use your cell phone, you know, to consult before, to agree before giving consult to a treatment, once again, you know, ask if there's a place that you can make a phone call or maybe the doctor will leave you in the room for a a period of time to make your phone call. If you have to call your spouse or maybe your breeder Um, and, and just try to keep it as short as possible. If you have to, send a text, wait for a phone call and then, maybe, or go back outside or go into your car so you'll be more comfortable, and then you can have that level of privacy that you want.
3: Okay, great. Thank you for that recommendation. And lastly, what is one big pet peeve of veterinarians when dogs die?
2: Well, I'm glad that you asked that question. A lot, when I was doing research for my book, a lot of veterinarians told me that a lot of, a lot of them get stiffed when dogs die. No. So they don't pay their bills. So although you might consider it rude, veterinarians are performing a service. Um, if you need your dog to be euthanized, I always recommend veterinarians ask people to pay up front. There are ways that you can do it. But I mean, we understand or that staff members understand that you're very stressed. It's better to pay up front. That way, if you leave and you're upset, you could leave. You could walk right out of the clinic and go straight to your car. Yeah. That's always the best thing. So take that into consideration. If you do have to euthanize your pet, yes. be prepared to pay up front and then get it over with. And that way, when your situation is done with, you can walk right out of the clinic. It, it's
3: a very difficult situation for everybody involved. Mm-hmm. Well, Miss Fido, thank you so much for joining us today.
2: Thank you for having me.
3: So to learn more about pet etiquette, that's good manners with your dog in a variety of situations buy the Miss Vidal Manners complete book of etiquette on Amazon
2: well still to come on the Pet Buzz is my I likey of the week and our next guest a modern man who's involved in an epic battle living with (laughs) nature and in segment four, Dan Shackner Puppy Bowl Ruffery is giving us ideas about planning a pet friendly vacation
6: It's only the Puppy Bowl, the greatest sporting event ever. Let's work on some of the calls. Illegal odor downfield happens a lot. Be careful. If you call it every time you smell something, we'll be here all day. When you say to doggies, go for the end zone, they can get confused as to what that means and start, you know, sniffing each other's butt. Just point to the actual end zones. Also, think about bathing. There is a big water bowl there. Don't let them hang out in the water bowl. First of all, it's not that hygienic. Second of all, it slows down the game. Say, personal foul, holding forgetting the flag i'll just stick it in your uh in your pot oh wait a minute we gotta have a talk about wearing pants
3: sure i'm a little rough and tough somebody's got at me i like the outdoors camping boating riding in your truck with my head out the window yeah i'll poop outside doesn't everyone
4: a person is the best thing to happen to a shelter pet be that person adopt
0: warmer temperatures mean more time outside you have sunscreen for yourself but what about fido according to the american animal hospital association and the american college of veterinary dermatology pets need sunscreen too
3: i love two things sports and my
6: dog chester where i go he goes to the beach to play soccer everywhere we spend a lot of time together in the sun, so I always carry a can of EpiPet sunscreen. So Chester is protected from the sun's harmful UV rays. I just spray it on and I don't have to worry. Chester is protected, so I know my sports buddies can be with me for a long time. Thanks, EpiPet.
0: Use EpiPet Sun Protector, the only FDA-approved pet sunscreen on short-haired, light-colored, hairless, golden retrievers, and other dogs susceptible to skin cancer. Contained in a sports bottle, EpiPet allows you to turn the bottle upside down, making it easier to spray your dog all over to protect your dog from the sun all day and every day. Visit epi-pet.com.
2: Welcome back. You're listening to the Pet Buzz, the best in pet talk radio. I'm pet trendologist Charlotte Reed. And
3: I'm veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. If you didn't figure it out from our last segment, Charlotte is Miss Fido Manners. She wrote the ultimate guide to canine
2: etiquette. I did. I did. And we kind of wanted to keep that on the down low and then let you know in this next segment. But yeah, if you have a chance to get my book, it covers everything in a dog's life from personal appearance to dressing to dealing with uh, service providers to traveling with your pet. So check out the book. It's on Amazon.
3: I might point out, too, the veterinarians need to read this book because they'll understand their clients better.
2: I think that's a great idea. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Fleck. I I really appreciate you pushing my book. That that means a lot to me. No, thank you. Well, let's talk about our next guest. You know, not so long ago, I was perusing Facebook and I came across an old friend of mine, Howard Solomon. He had a recent post. Howard's a great guy. He was a member of the Old Metropolitan Dog Club from New York, of which I was one of the founding members. And Howard is such a calm and easy guy that I was surprised to read this rant. And after I read it a few times, I had to laugh a lot. Sorry about that, Howard. But I decided it was kind of a situation. Man versus nature. So a and versus nature. See, Howard moved up to northwest New Jersey, and he's been having problems living in his beautiful house in nature. So we wanted to bring him on the show to discuss or maybe help him with his particular problems. So Howard is a financial consultant as well as a breeder of Bedlington Terriers and Salukis. You know, both are such beautiful dogs. Good morning, Howard. I'm so glad to talk to you. It's been a long time, and welcome to the Pet Buzz.
5: Good morning. How are you?
2: I'm always great. This is going to be a fun segment, I think. So how's living in the country? Is it what you thought it would be?
5: It's lovely as long as you uh, can keep the animals at bay. (laughs) You know, if you don't have to worry about whether or not your kid can walk the driveway to the school bus, you're just fine.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, that kind of brings me to my first question. So from what I understand, you have bears coming to visit you on a regular basis. Now, everybody here in Florida, we have bears, too. But upstate New Jersey, there is a big bear problem. And, and not it's not just the garbage. They come visit you during the day. Is that correct?
5: Oh, yeah. They come. They uh, Well, the other day, my nephew was looking out the window, and a bear was pushing our our 60-gallon uh, trash can out into the woods to see if he could open it, because it's bear-proof. But uh, they're not just nocturnal. They're out there during the day, too.
2: So I'm just curious, Howard. You don't store pet food in your garage, do you? No,
5: no, no. The Pet food's in the kitchen in the house, okay. which is my next fear is they're going to come in the house. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Well, you know, the reason I ask, because a lot of people don't know this, but bears have such an amazing olfactory glands that they can smell like up to like, in some cases, 12 miles. So we did a little research and we found out that since you have the bear-proof garbage cans, that one of the best ways is to use motion detectors that trigger loud music or flashing lights to scare off bears.
5: Really? I we'll have to try the lights because we don't have lights. We turn everything off before we go to bed, so that could be a reason why they're more reason- they want to come around.
2: Yeah, I mean, I thought some like interesting loud music during the day might help. I mean, you don't want to play it at night because you don't want to have a problem with your neighbors. But I gather that where's your next neighbor? Like a while because you said you have a long driveway, so your next neighbor should be pretty far away, correct? <laughs>
5: We can see their barn with our binoculars.
1: Okay. <laughs> okay.
2: Have, so maybe if you have some orchestra the music.
5: A, the other side is the state forest.
2: Oh, okay. Well, I was thinking, you know, that music when you, it's like, you know, like we just had Fourth of July. So, you know, that music they play with the fireworks. I figured that might scare a bear.
5: <laughs>
2: you know, that big, loud orchestra music. Hope. Yeah. I think that might be a way.
3: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we're we're becoming experts as we go along, yeah. Howard. Howard, this is Doc Mike and Collins. Good to have you on the show. Thank you. So, there's a problem with deer too, aren't there?
5: Oh my God! If the bear would eat the deer, I'd be a lot happier. <laughs> so we, we the other the uh, two days ago, I, I I look out my bathroom window. You know, it's six in the morning, and I've got four deer within a foot of my house eating my hostas and my new lilies, and so I, I walk out, and everything's void. And there's not a leaf to be had, and I start. <laughs> I'm in my underwear, and I'm screaming. And I'm screaming
3: at the deer to leave. Okay, <laughs> Haley, our assistant, has deer at her camp in in Alabama, and she suggests to you to okay. go to the barber shop and get some human hair. And sprinkle it around to deter the deer. Apparently, the deer don't like human scents. Really? Yeah, that's what she says.
2: She said just get like well, you know you don't get a don't small bag. My house. <laughs> 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 like, no, but if you sprinkle it out by your hostas and your other plants, she said they don't like the scent. So of humans, so if you sprinkle it around, really? it should deter. So I don't know if you have your local barber shop or call your barber in advance and see if he can get some hair for you. I mean, okay. that's what she said. She's a real country girl. So I mean, let me let me tell you, when she's out in her camp, I mean, Hallie's gonna kill me when I say this because I've said it before, but when she's out in her camp in the country, you know, and she wants to, you know, get rid of the she's afraid of ticks, she just washes in the flea and tick shampoo. Like after she romps in the on the you know, the palatial camp that she's got. Many, many acres. So we figured, like, hey, we'll call her. I told her your problem right away and she said, Oh, go to the barber shop and I'm like, What? So, okay, so we've solved that problem. Okay, so here's the next one. So, Howard, I thought the country was really peaceful at night, but from what I understand, you have loud noises making it difficult to sleep. So what are you guys listening to at night?
5: So the prior owners put in a koi pond next to the swimming pool. That's lovely, but there are these wild things called frogs, and Mm -hmm. I guess there are toads too. And the ones we have have a mating call that is absolutely ear-piercing. It's so loud, we can't keep the windows open at night, especially before it rains because they go crazy and you can't sleep. You can't even hear the television when you have the windows open at night.
2: Well, I found this out and I thought this was really interesting. So some species of frog toad, believe it or not, are protective. So others are considered invasive and killing them, Is legal. So you should find out what species of frog slash toad you have (laughs) before you go off on a killing spree if that's the way you want to do it. But what's like, for example, the American bullfrog is not protected. Okay, but I didn't think you would. So, well, after you (laughs) confirm the species and you consult the law books, because, you know, you want to make sure everything's legal before you do anything because you don't want to hurt them. I mean, somebody said put down mothballs. I'm like, Howard won't do that because he's got (laughs) dogs. Someone said, you know, put some salt like on the ground because that'll like might burn their feet, you know, but I figured Howard's not going to do it because he won't hurt any animals. He's so sweet. Okay, so experts recommend keeping the grass really short and using natural pesticides to reduce the food supply. So this way, if you keep the grass short, you use some natural pesticides, you'll kill some of the insects and then they won't have a food supply. The other thing is if you keep any outdoor lights on, turn them off so that the bugs won't be attracted to the lights.
3: I hope you're getting all this now, Howard. <laughs> <laughs> I am. It
5: comes with house ownership, you know, you have to do I have to learn how to do all this.
3: <laughs> okay, here here's another one for uh, you. No, Why are you yeah. always worried about leaving your puppies out on the runs alone. We have actually have bald
5: eagles, falcons, and hawks that circle overhead our house. So my biggest fear, because it happened to a friend of mine, is that they're going to lift the puppy and take it for lunch. <laughs> and that's not what I want to have happen to my puppies. And the puppy is, is unsuspected. He thinks like, oh, it's a bird. Let's look at that.
3: Well, here's some suggestions for you. Okay. Okay, here we go. Remove any places that hawks and other birds of prey can perch to survey potential yummy puppies. And consider covering your dog run at the top or maybe some pointed fencing.
2: Yeah, well, because of the pointed fencing, the hawks won't perch on the pointed fencing.
3: Oh,
5: got it.
2: Right. And then if you have your dog run, depending on how high it is, like you could either cover it with like a big sunscreen and that way they couldn't get to the top. I mean, or you could probably put chicken wire on the top and that way. And then look the, a sun cover. That way they wouldn't, you know, try to swoop down and get Actually, the puppies. The chicken wire is
5: a good idea.
2: Okay, good. I like
5: the chicken wire. Good,
2: he likes that. Okay. Well, Howard, That's you know, i got true. to tell you, thanks for joining us. Too. Yeah, this thanks is, for a fun, fun enjoyment. This was really, really fun. Experience. And to learn more about thank Howard you, and the one his wonderful dogs, which is Bedlington Terriers and Salukis to come, it's Jewel Box Bedlington. Howard is a great guy and he's a wonderful breeder. He has beautiful dogs. Well, what's next when I come back? I'm gonna fill you in on some pet fuzz global news.
3: When your doctor recommended omega fatty acids as a daily supplement, he told you that they promoted better heart, brain, skin, joint, and immune system health. Well, doesn't it make sense for your pet to have the same health benefits? EpiPet Whole Fish Treat, an all-natural smoked fish supplement, is 100% bioavailable, bringing your pets the nutrients they need to keep them healthy and happy.
4: We first heard about EpiPet at our local rescue shelter, where our family adopted Lucy, a 10-year-old yellow lab. She was in tough shape, but we noticed within just a few days how soft and thick her coat was getting. She has more energy now, loves to chase her favorite tennis ball, and most importantly, how happy and healthy Lucy is now. We could not be happier.
5: Thanks, Thanks, EpiPet!
3: To order better pet health for your dog or cat, just
6: visit epi-pet.com. That's epi-pet.com.
2: I'm petrondologist Charlotte Reed,
3: And I'm veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck.
2: Here at the Pet Buzz, we're urban,
3: suburban,
0: and country. country. Well, let's kick off this segment with global news. And now, Pet Buzz news from around the globe. Today's focus is on
2: 12-year-old... From New Jersey, Darius Brown, who has taken an initiative to help our furry friends get adopted much faster, he creates handmade, stylish bows for four-legged companions, that's dogs and cats, and donates them to animal shelters to attract the attention of future owners. At a young age of two, Darius was diagnosed with speech comprehension and fine motor skills delay. At eight, he started helping his older sister cut fabric for bows, which also helped to develop his fine motor skills. Darius was inspired to help animals After the devastating consequences of Hurricane Harvey and Hurricane Irma in 2017, many pets who have been left behind without homes are transferred to different shelters across the country. And due to lack of adopters, they often face euthanasia. Well, Darius was determined to help these rescue cats and dogs catch the eye of potential caretakers. So his snazzy accessories have turned thousands of shelter residents into cute and elegant pets Ready to go home at a minute's notice. Darius founded a pet tour company called Bow and Paws, specializing in unique and stylish bow ties for people and their furry friends. I think I'm going to have to get you one of Darius bow ties. You and all the dogs can wear them. Dr. Fleck, what do you think?
3: Mm, That would be exciting.
2: I'm going to make sure we take your picture and put it up on the Peppa social can't media channel. I I know you can't. Well, Darius continues to donate countless bow ties to animal shelters and adoption centers across the USA and the UK. And his endeavors are supported by over 43,000 followers on Instagram. Check them out. Maybe if I made bow ties, I'd have $43,000.
3: <laughs> i am sure of it.
2: <laughs> but I've been told our next guest is holding on the phone. Well, according to Orbit's survey, three out of four Americans plan to take their fur babies with them on the road this summer. And 21% seek out tourist attractions so they can take selfies with their pets. Are you planning to take your pet on the road this summer? Dan Shachner, the referee, thank you so much for joining us, Dan. It's so nice to have you back on the Pet Buzz. Thanks for having me, Charlotte. So, another puppy ball. I mean, it's like you are the referee, aren't you?
6: It's amazing. We're going on a decade of doing this.
2: Ten whole years? And, you know, I have to say, you haven't aged a bit, have you?
6: Thank you. In dog years, that's that 70 years, though, so it's pretty old.
2: You still look good. We like that, right? <laughs> but I wanted to get everybody thinking about travel plans for the summer and seeing what's going on. So tell me about how many people are traveling with their pets this summer, and how are they? the majority of them getting to their destination?
6: Pretty incredible, and it's growing every year, as I'm sure you know, but Orbit's released a survey. 77% of vacationers this summer plan to hit the road with their pets, so think wow. about that for a minute. That is three-quarters of the people out there, so You know, it's exploding in terms of our needs when it comes to finding dog-friendly stops, dog-friendly hotels and restaurants and everything else along the way.
2: It definitely can be a challenge. I mean, I travel throughout the country all the time with one or two of my dogs, and I know as well as I used to show cats and dogs. So I know it can be really, really difficult to find those pet-friendly destinations. I mean, the difference between pet-friendly and, you know, Pet, you know, having pets is kind of is kind of a little different. So you want to go to the best. So I'm relying for you to give us the great information today. So, like, tell us, where are pet owners going with their pets? Are they going to the beach? Are they going to the mountains? Are they going to the seas? Where, where are they going?
6: They're going everywhere. It depends on the dog and their sort of energy level and okay. activity level. Good point. But there's something, yeah, there's really something for everybody. You make a very good point about places that are dog tolerant versus places that are dog friendly. There's a big difference there. But more and more we're seeing that places are Mm dog-friendly, which means they're catering to dogs. They're doing things that are specifically uh, made, tailored for dogs for them to enjoy their vacation as much as their human owners are. You guys are, you know, depending on where you are in the country, Orbis has released these amazing road trips. Them and Dollar Car Rental uh, have really helped us. So when I was traveling, for example, on the East Coast from New Jersey to Boston to deliver a foster dog to his forever home, there was a route called Beast Coast that's on their website. I just followed that route. Yeah, it I was going to ask you about that.
2: The they created a whole bunch of pet-friendly road trips, correct?
6: They really did, and they're incredibly helpful. If you're out on the West Coast, you can start off, I believe it's called Collie, California. Cali- mm-hmm. California. that's the fun. <laughs> and you start off in San Diego at the Coronado Beach, uh, dog <gasps> where you can take your dog off-leash. It goes all the way up through Oceanside, Huntington Beach. To Santa Monica Pier, where you can sit out at Salads and have a beer and a burger, and you can finish up in beautiful Santa Barbara. It's a two-day trip. Mm -hmm. You can modify it again depending on your dog's energy levels. You got beach, you got hikes, you got dog parks, you got restaurants, and you got uh, amazing dog-friendly hotels. Now, what if I want to
2: go in the middle of the? Let's say I want to go the mountains.
6: Yeah, well, there's there's a really nice one called Unleashed Rockies Unleashed, and that one starts in Denver finishes up in salt lake city that's one route you can follow it's the mountains it's the hiking trails beautiful vistas i uh, really something for everybody and you got to have a dog that likes to hike in that case but you know absolutely
2: people do. okay so one of the things i i was when i was checking out the website and you know i don't know if you know this but i wrote the book miss Fido manners complete book of etiquette so i think road trip pedicure is definitely a must so can you give us like a tip on practicing good manners while you're on the road with your dog
6: i'm with you 100 percent. before we even get to manners and that's a big part of it safety first right let's make sure our dogs are absolutely. harnessed, absolutely secure so that's that's all part of it make sure that they're not a distraction one of the reasons we want pedicure in the car is that so that us as drivers are not distracted by what's going on amen
2: amen so, brother dan yeah. amen We love
6: that. So if our dog dog is safe, that means we're going to be safe, and that means the rest of our family is going to be safe. And as far as pedicure, man, just think about their needs as well as your own. Make sure you have everything packed that reminds them of home and keeps them comfortable. I'm not just talking about toys and treats, medicines. If you're going more than two hours, I do recommend bringing some vet records just in case. Obviously, we talked about harnesses and restraints, doggy beds, saber plush toy, anything that might remind them at home and keep them comfortable is going to be key at this point. And also remember, you know, it's it's going to be summertime. It's going to be warm, plenty of water. If you're going to be driving in a long stretch, make sure you take your water breaks. Make sure you take your exercise breaks.
2: And absolutely. I mean, July is hydration month, so we want to make sure everyone is aware that pets need water, too. For every pound, it's about an ounce. Okay, you know, the big thing is, depending on how wealthy you are or how wealthy you're not, vacation can be, it's a treat, but it can be expensive. So how can we save a few dollars?
6: It can. Uh, and, you know, the, the great thing, again, to go back to the dog-friendly road routes and road trips on the site, Orbitz and Dollar Car Rental offers discounts. So if anything over $100, they're going to give you a discount. Any uh, week or weekend car rental, do- Dollar is going to give you a 10% discount. Great. go through it, book it through the site, and they'll really help you out along the
2: way. Okay, so really quickly, Dan, I understand that you were taking this road trip with this puppy. Tell me about the puppy and tell me about the trip.
6: It was so fulfilling. Normally I do this anyway. I work with my local rescues and I help foster dogs if they haven't been adopted yet or if they've been adopted but their their forever home, is say, a couple of states away. I'm the guy who gets in the car and makes that road trip happen. It's something I do anyway. It's really fulfilling for me and my kids to be part of a rescue community. Uh, And it really opens up our eyes to the greater world out there when it comes to the dog community and the needs of the dog community. So this particular dog, his name was Frankie. He was a sato. That's a Spanish word for street dogs. And they wander the streets of Puerto Rico, unfortunately abandoned, especially after Hurricane Maria. There's a huge need to get these guys adopted. So they were flown to the States. We picked up Frankie at Newark Airport and took him off the East Coast.
2: On
1: that route you were telling me about, correct? Yep, yep. Okay. And we
6: made our stops along the way and got into his forever home in Boston. Well, right outside of Boston. But it was really terrific. We did some hiking in Greenwich. We stopped at New Haven for pizzas. We did some lobster uh, rolls on the shore. Uh, Newport, a lovely hotel, and then we finished up right like nor- north of Cape Cod, between Cape Cod and uh, Boston, at a town called Marshfield, where his forever home was. Fantastic lovely journey, and it couldn't have been it couldn't have been easier thanks to these
2: routes. So now, how can our listeners find out about your adventures? I mean, are there somewhere we could check out the pictures? Is there video? Oh,
6: yeah. yeah, I highlighted everything on my Instagram. Uh, it's on my Twitter too, but you just follow. Instagram is real easy. Just search for Puppy Bowl Ref and I come right up. It's Puppy Bowl you don't, Ref you don't have to on Instagram. My
2: okay. Well, that was Dan Shachner, the referee, talking about traveling this summer with your pet. <laughs> That's the signal. It's a wrap. Before we go, we want to give you a preview of next week's show.
3: Next week, we're talking about saving manatees, becoming more familiar with your cat's poop, and tips to photograph your pet.
2: And before we go, we have to thank our guest, Dr. Flack.
3: Special thanks to our guests, Dr. Jessica Pierce, Howard Solomon, and Dan Shackner.
2: And of course, we always have to thank our sponsors, the Animal Medical Center of Bradenton and EpiPet, making better skin, coat, and ear care products for healthier pets everywhere. And if you do have a
3: question, write us at team at petbuzz.com. We'll cover it on our next
2: show. And if you've missed any portion of the show, listen to the linked podcast on our website. Or the Pet Buzz social media channels or popular podcast outlets like Stitcher, Spotify. Tune in on Monday morning. Google Play and iTunes are coming soon.
3: Most importantly, remember, we're here each week to help you take better care of your pets.
2: Peace out and pet love.
1: Goodbye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Pet Buzz. The Pet Buzz is hosted by the Dynamic Pet Duo, Pet Trendologist, Charlotte Reed, and Dr. Michael Fleck. Tune in each week for the latest 411 on everything pet related. Visit our website at www.thepetbuzz.com.
0: Learn more about us, the show, and our guests. Does your pet have dry, flaky, and itchy skin? Do you find yourself visiting the veterinarian repeatedly because Fido or Fluffy has skin allergies or ear infections? I love animals and want my pets to be healthy, so I asked our vet who recommended EpiPet Ear Cleaner. It's super simple, and it even smells good. Every week I use it on both my dog and my cat to gently remove wax and debris. (laughs) I even told my friend Aiden to try EpiPet on his dog Sophie, who always had red ears. But not anymore. Now we both have happy and healthy pets. Thanks, EpiPet. Developed by a veterinarian, EpiPet is a revolutionary, high-performance skin and ear care product line made with the finest natural ingredients. EpiPet, for you and your pet, means better pet health. For more information, visit epi-pet.com.